Welcome to the podcast powered by America's Credit Unions. I'm Deputy Editor Bill Merrick. This episode looks at what's ahead for the American Association of Credit Union Leagues, or ACUL, following the formation of America's Credit Unions. Brad Miller, ACUL President, and Pat Conway, ACUL Chair and President CEO at the Cross State Credit Union Association, describe how the organization redefined its mission to embrace three pillars connecting with the new National Trade Association serving as a voice for credit unions on legislative and regulatory issues, and collaborating with leagues across the country. Pat Conway kicks off the discussion. How's your 2024 going so far? We're off to a good start. We're excited, you know, looking forward to the year ahead. No, it's exciting for us. We have a new uh, strategic plan for ACUL, and so that's sort of charting the, fu- the future of the organization. Obviously, now with America's credit unions having been formed and lots of change in the industry nationally, we thought it was the right time for Acul to sort of, you know, really redefine its mission and where we're heading. And so I think we're all very excited about that. Brad, as our president, is, is leading our efforts as we head into 2024, supported by our Acul board of directors. And we're excited about the uh, coming year. Looking forward to it. So how, how are you redefining your mission for Actual? Well, I think, Brad, I'll jump in and feel free to, to, to add to anything that we cover here. Redefining the mission, actual has been a great organization. And to me, the value in that as a league president is that it brings our peers together and we can share best practices and ideas and innovative solutions and you know ways to serve our credit unions in our states and regions around the country. But I also think there was a level of frustration over time among league presidents about really clarifying the mission of ACUL moving forward. And because of the merger with CUNA and NAFQ, the creation of America's credit unions, you know, the rebranding of Keenan Mutual Groups and other significant and positive change, I think, for our industry at the national level, it seemed like a good time. So I think we sharpened our focus. And we built our plan on basically three strategic pillars, one of which is how leagues are going to interact with the new combined National Trade Association. Because part of what makes leagues unique in the prior world is that we were so connected with CUNA. And we're really looking forward to not only building upon that with America's credit unions, but enhancing it. So essentially, the three pillars are Uh, connecting with our new combined national trade association to be great partners serving credit unions all over the country, advocacy and being a voice for our credit unions on legislative and regulatory advocacy, and the things that Accuil has traditionally done a very good job of, which is best practices, networking, building relationships among leagues and league presidents. Uh, So those are the sort of the three buckets or the three pillars that we are focused on as we enter 2024. Yeah, and I think it's really exciting. I mean, we're, we're really excited. So we've done a lot of, as, as Pat outlined, I mean, a, a lot of this work has been going on really for the, about the past 18 months, Bill. The actual board put together an advocacy evolution work group about 18 months ago, and that group has been working there. That was made up of, of league presidents and advocacy professionals within the leagues. We, we took a Initially, we were looking at CUNA at the time was going through an advocacy evolution and, and the ACUAL board stood up this, this league group to kind of be a, a feeder or, you know, kind of guide, help guide CUNA's internal process and provide some perspective, league perspective as, as CUNA was going through its, its evolution. Well, you know, 
fast forward 18 months, there was, you know, a lot of change happening at that, at the national level. But, but even before that, so we, I, I just recall pretty vividly, you know, we were about maybe our second or third meeting in with our advocacy evolution work group. And, you know, kind of dawned on us. I don't remember exactly who, who said it, but it might have been our chair, Scott, Scott Simpson, who chaired, who chaired the group, the CEO at, at Utah Credit Union Association. You know, he said, we could, we, we can do some work and we can, we can help, you know, we can provide some, some guidance, but where we could really make an impact, where we could really help each other in the national association is if we really take an internal look at the league system and, and how can the league system collaborate, cooperate, as, as Pat said, be new, be more unified in, in our voices and in our action. So we, we spent the better part of a year kind of fine tuning that the advocacy evolution work group and a, and a byproduct or what came out of that is what was a report and recommendations that went to the actual board in August. It was accepted by the actual board. We shared it with the league presidents and, and as Pat outlined, it, it really centers on leaning in and, and being a more active, having a more active role, especially on that advocacy pillar that, that Pat mentioned. So the advocacy impact. We've always kind of connected leagues and we're, you know, we, we sit in a lot of meetings. We participate with Legacy CUNA, now America's credit union staff in, in advocacy conversations and activity. But we really want to be more proactive in bringing the collective league voices together for agenda setting and the topics that are going on. Cause as you, as you know, I mean, a lot of stuff is, is happening. More stuff is happening at the state level than it is at the federal level in terms of legislation, things that are getting, getting passed both good and bad. So we're leaning in, especially to that advocacy pillar for impact. So rather than just meet to be meeting and talking about things to really have a, 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 a chart, a plan to, to drive impact in, in the advocacy area. And, and as a, as a byproduct of that, the recommendations that came from the advocacy committee are the advocacy evolution work group, I should say, really redefines our internal actual committee structure. So before last year, Historically, we've had about five different advocate, five or six different advocacy related committees that, that met. They did good work. There was a lot of stuff going on, but there was really no interconnectedness between our own internal actual work groups, let alone the connection with at that time CUNA and what CUNA's advocacy committee and various, you know, other committees were doing too. So a big part of what we're putting in place we've put in place now and, and we're executing on it now is one unifying advocacy committee. So we collapsed all of our existing committees to form one, one unifying advocacy committee that's going to set the agenda, that's going to set the strategy and, and, and the tactics, but then have strategy work groups. The ACO board just approved members of these strategy work groups. So we now have our, our advocacy committee set. We have members of these four strategy work groups. One, one is, is specifically focused in the legislative space, both on federal and state issues. They're going to be tackling that. We'll have a regulatory and a legal strategy group that will work on tactical and strategic issues around the, the regulatory and, and the legal environment. Grassroots and communications is another important. We put together kind of a grassroots, the kind of action oriented to, to form a work group for communications and, and grassroots and then political finance. So the PAC strategy. So those are our four working groups that are really just getting underway. And the other exciting part of this, the, the actual board had the foresight to realize, you know, we're, we're going through a, a pretty dramatic change. I mean, we've never leaned in on the advocacy front, especially as much as we are now. 
And so the ACO board had the foresight to add some resources. And, and we've done a lot of conversations with league president, shared this, and we're actually hiring two new staffs to support this new strategic framework. One specifically re- related to the advocacy. We're hiring an advocacy director to communicate, to coordinate and lead the, the implementation of this new advocacy committee and these strategy work groups. And then we'll be hiring a talent kind of a professional development because that's the other of those three strategic pillars, kind of that collaboration, professional development. Um, we, we really want to make stronger leagues. Leagues are in good shape. Leagues are strong, but there's lots of change going on in the system. So, you know, at the direction of our board and really league presidents driving this strategic direction, we're leaning in on that professional development and that collaboration role and adding some resources to support and provide better resources for leagues and, and helping leagues be stronger and better leagues. So building the, the, the strength of the, the state credit union system. And then as Bill or as, as, as Pat alluded to, the connection with America's credit unions, that connecting point is, is our third strategic pillar and, and a vitally important one. We, we want to. We want to maintain and actually even advance and enhance the, the strong relationship that the CUNA, the CUNA league system is at. Uh, over the past many years, we want to, we want to take that work and just advance and progress that and ensure that we've got a, a strong league system and a, and a strong America's credit union system working together. It sounds kind of like a more focused approach and, and with a greater uh, emphasis on advocacy. It really is. And, and I think that was intentional. That focus really was intentional because we were, you know, Acuals took kind of the path point. You know, we, we really wanted to find what, what should Acuals focus on? So we're, we're from, from my, from my lens, from the seat that I sit at, we're focusing on those three. Those are, those are broad areas, but we are focusing in, on those three strategic pillars. If it, if something doesn't fit within those three strategic pillars, we're not going to do it. So we are being in, intentional and, and focused on, on where we're not just providing the resources, but what we heard from leagues, and this wasn't all just, you know, we, we did a pretty extensive membership survey. We got a lot of really good feedback from leagues on, on what they needed from Acuo, what, what worked well, where could we lean in? What could we get rid of? What could we stop doing? So this is a lot of work, you know, like I said, 18 months or so that that's built to kind of this, this launching point for us. How do you think this will change how you work with the National Trade Association? Well, from my from my lens, I I I, I think it's going to. I mean, if 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 we execute on this right, this this is only going to enhance and and make the the national system stronger. I mean, what we're really trying to do is create a you know the league system as an indispensable partner for the national system. So as we can unify our our voices and our actions and provide really strong input to and work with America's credit unions in not just strategic agenda forming but the, the tactical stuff that goes on day in and day out that that we're already working but but kind of you know capturing all that and making sure we're all on the same page because it's you know especially in advocacy it's you know it's something different every day and and so we still need to be very responsive and very reactive to the things that happen to us but we also want to be more intentional about looking over the horizon and what are the issues that are that are you know that are on the horizon or just outside of the horizon that we should be focusing on and and starting to develop action plans for developing resources for and have those at the ready so that we're that we're not always just reactive we've been a very that was one other thing i guess that 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 was clear that came out of the advocacy evolution work group was that we're really good as a system to reacting. If we've got an issue, we've got a tax issue that bubbles up somewhere in some state or, 
you know, we've got, you know, pick an issue. We're really good at, at, at getting the troops together and, and knocking that stuff down where we could, where we could do a little better is that forward thinking and, and where, where are credit unions going? What are the issues that credit unions are going to be dealing with three, four, five, and 10 years down the line that we should be spending some time now on, on, on activating and getting resources and action plans together. Bill, if I could just add to what uh, Brad has commented on, you know, the connection between leagues and CUNA has always been so integrated. And again, we want to build upon that now with America's credit unions. You know, league presidents have served on the National Association Board, officers of ACUL serve in league positions with QLAC and the National Advocacy Fund, just as a couple of examples. The impact that collectively we've had across the country on grassroots advocacy in particular has just been the envy of most other trade organizations and industries. So we're hoping that we can actually build upon that tremendous connectivity that we've had with CUNA so that leagues are even better integrated and better connected to America's credit unions. And so we look forward to working with uh, Jim Nussel and uh, his leadership team and with Brad's leadership and the ACUA board uh, as we continue to evolve uh, as America's credit unions. Uh, what specific roles can ACUA play and can leagues play uh, to make the new combined National Trade Association even more effective. There's a great deal of excitement about what we're doing with America's credit unions. And I think, you know, many of our peers across the country, leagues, are interested in building upon the great success that we've had being integrated and actually enhancing that, you know, as we move forward in 2024 and especially next year in 2025. Yeah, definitely that that grassroots outreach is such a huge strength for the the credit union movement. How will this change advocacy on the state and national level, do you think, and how, how you approach it? Well, I, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to make us even more effective. And I've mentioned, you know, I think if you look at all of the industry trade groups around the country, most groups would say that the credit union industry is at the top of the list, historically being very effective when it comes to state and federal advocacy, both on the legislative side and the, and the regulatory side. Our hope and expectation is that the evolution of ACUL and the creation of America's credit unions is only going to make that sharper and more effective as we move forward. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, outside of, you know, we, we still need to see how the evolution of America's credit unions advocacy function happens in terms of their committee structure and all of those. But I, you know, I, 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 I to Pat's point, I think what, what we've designed on the actual side, I, I think can 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 plug and play into however that committee structure at the national level evolves right and and even at the staff level with within you know within america's credit unions how we interact so yeah i i I think we're we're set up very well to to not only carry forward what's been a very effective to, to pat's point i mean you 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 see the you see the national research you know that comes out that 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 points to the national association working with this with the state association is you know we're tops in in advocacy so i think this can only can only build on that because we're building a an apparatus that's going to allow for more unified input and and voices all across both the national and and the state system what are some of the the biggest issues you'll be tackling this year on the on the legislative and, and regulatory side oh boy how long is this podcast? <laughs> um, well, 
I, I guess just a couple, you know, just top of mind, you know, the administration and the CFP, CFPB's position on, on fees and just really not, not just overdraft fee, but just the overall, you know, future of fees as, as, as an industry, I think is, is something that, that is and will, will remain kind of a top legislative regulatory issue for us as a system going forward. Bank acquisitions, you know, banks selling to credit unions. That's, that's a growing issue. We had a really good panel discussion on that last month at the actual winter conference had a, had a good panel conversation about that. And as, as you've seen in the news that, you know, just, just this week, a couple of other large <laughs> acquisitions have been announced. So that's, that's going to, you know, that, that, that's going to catch some attention, I think. So we need to be ready, ready for that because I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. Financial fraud, reggae, modernization, I think are, are kind of perennial things that, that we've got that leaks and, and the National Association has their eyes and ears on constantly. Yeah. Yeah. I, Pat, I'll, I'll stop there. I, I, I could go on. I, I think, well, I think just to get maybe back to one of my comments about kind of the future forward stuff, I think the, you know, one of the things that we've identified for, for one of our work groups to begin working on immediately is kind of the future of currency policy. So with all the central bank digital securities and everything, you know, all of that that's out there, we, we've got to, we've got to develop some action plans and some, you know, some messaging points and if not policy positions on, on some of this as, as we move forward as a system. So that's, that's a big issue that I, I guess really isn't future anymore. That's, that's here now. Right. But, but that's one, one of the specific areas that our work groups are, are going to be working on, you know, immediately as, as well as kind of a comprehensive charter review compendium, looking at, looking at the different state charters and, and finding where, you know, the best state charters are at and seeing what we can do to help amplify that across our system. Great. And, and you mentioned that uh, you, you want to enhance the collaboration between, between leagues and, and the league system. What will that look like, do you think? What, what are some ways, new ways that you think that you'll be able to collaborate and, and, and for the benefit of the whole movement? Uh, that's a great question, though. I, I'm not so sure that it's new ways to collaborate as much as maybe improving the ways that we have been historically. And I'm sure we'll find some new ways, too. But I'm just going to pick one, political advocacy. You know, if you think about the great work that QLAC and the National Advocacy Fund have done partnering with leagues, you know, at helping allies of the credit union movement in Congress or candidates for Congress in the the ways that we can help directly with support from QLAC, the ways that we're able to help indirectly, you know, on the campaign side, you know, for these candidates has really been very, very effective, I think, over the years. If you look at things like not just direct contributions, from the PAC, but independent expenditures and ways that we can try to be helpful to those that understand the value of the credit union industry. To me, there's a great opportunity there, just picking one example, to improve upon that and to do more of that across the country as we look at 535 members of Congress. You know, how can we how can we leverage the success that, that we've had in the past and really accelerate the momentum and the success that we've had? So to me, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. I'm sure there'll be some new ways to collaborate too, but I really think as a system, we've done a good job historically. We're just trying to raise the bar, I think, with one national association, a refocused 
trade association representing leagues and then connecting the two even more effectively as we move forward. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. And I, I think our new structure plays a part in that too. So again, kind of back to my earlier comment about having effective but kind of siloed committees at the actual level that really had no direct connection to each other or, or that communication, having that one unifying advocacy committee and building a, a communication hub so that we're sharing what the advocacy committee and the strategy work groups are, are working on. You know, we've already set a, a monthly calendar that, that all leagues and America's trading union staff, you know, will, will know when our advocacy committee is, is meeting and, and whether we've got, you know, leagues that sit, have members on the advocacy committee or not. We want to open up those channels of communication so that everybody knows when we're meeting and people can participate, just listen in or contribute um, during those meetings, but find pathways to make our communication even more effective across, the, you know, there, there's just a lot of stuff that happens on a day in and day out basis, let alone a monthly basis. So making sure that all leagues are aware of those touch points that they have access to, to participate on and just doing a better job of communicating more broadly the work that's going on and the asks that are needed, the positions that are being staked, those, those types of things, bringing more people the, the opportunity to be involved in those conversations. So it's a presidential election year in 2024. How do you think that will affect the advocacy that the league system undertakes? Well, Brad, I'll start. Feel free to jump in. You know, I, we, we, look at, we look at the election cycle in a two-year window. And so, you know, we've been planning for 2024. I'm, I'm just speaking from an in industry perspective, both our federal PAC, QLAC, National Advocacy Fund, some of these other organizations uh, have been preparing for uh, 2024, all of last year and 2023 in terms of goal setting and funds raised and, you know, being ready to uh, engage effectively this year. Uh, but being a presidential year, of course, there'll be um, a lot more interest in this cycle. And I think it's going to be really important for the credit union industry to really step up and help those that understand the value of credit unions. And particularly, we engage in the congressional races, I think, very effectively. And I know that'll be our continued focus as we move forward, looking at key committee leadership positions, leadership positions in the caucuses in the House and the Senate. So I think we're in a really strong position heading into 2020 to ensure that credit union interests are going to be top of mind, you know, all across the country as these campaigns play out. It, it seems like, too, that a lot of members of Congress are, are leaving. I, I would Im imagine that would require more education on the people coming in, too. So I don't know if that's a big part of, of what, what you have planned in the, in the months ahead. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I think that's where our grassroots advocacy comes in. Hike the hills, GACs right around the corner. So, you know, bringing thousands of credit union advocates from across the country to our nation's capital and, and really educating current lawmakers, but also the candidates that may be new that are seeking a seat in the U.S. House or Senate. So I think education certainly is, is going to be critical as we move forward in 2024. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it, it always is. I mean, we, we always have turnover. There's, there's quite a bit now, but I, I think that you know, that, that's one of the things that I find is a real strength of our, of our state and our national system, too, is that, you know, a, a lot of times, you know, people that are running as a senator representative are coming, you know, from a state legislature oftentimes. And, and lakes have built those relationships up over the years as, as 
as individuals have gone, you know, through leadership positions within the state legislature. So I think that's part of back to Pat's one kind of that grassroots that grassroots activation. And I think where leagues really play a vital role because they're 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 managing, developing, and enhancing relationships, you know, day in and in and day out, regardless. And and oftentimes we see a lot of folks coming from the states at the national level. So we we kind of are ahead of the game in in some respects when when we get new when we get new congressional delegation um, and turnover. So looking at the services that the leagues provide, how do you see those evolving in the the months and years ahead? And any are there any new types of services that that leagues will provide their member credit unions? Well, Bill, there's one. I, I think one highlight that I'd like to mention, and Brad will have some thoughts. I think too. I'm seeing more collaboration among leagues, even more so than you know, say, ten years ago. And I, I expect that that trend will continue. And so, what we're seeing, I think, is we're trying to do a better job identifying what credit unions are going to need tomorrow. And ensuring that working together, we can provide those solutions and services for our credit unions across the country. And one league may start to develop a certain proficiency, you know, in in the compliance area, for example. And so they may provide those kind of services, you know, to other leagues. And, you know, there may be another league that's stronger in another area. So I, I think collaboration is part of what makes us uniquely strong. And I've certainly seen more of that uh, as we move forward. So, you know, looking at what credit unions are going to need as the regulatory environment continues to change, meeting those needs proactively, and then sharing ways that we can help each other serve credit unions across the country, I think is going to be something that you'll see more of. Yeah, I think that's well said. I, that that was good. You know, the collaboration piece was going to be going to be my thought. I've I've really seen um, a lot more collaboration league to league on on everything from hosting events together to annual meetings together to partnering on on solution sets as 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 Pat mentioned. So I, I see that continuing. I, I think just the evolving needs. Um, of, of credit unions are, are, are very different, you know, large, the, the very large credit unions need, need different things from the leagues than, than smaller credit unions in terms of education and service solution sets. So I think, you know, leagues continue to be at the forefront of having eyes and ears to the ground and working together to find those opportunities where, where they can bring solutions at scale to credit unions that, that really make a difference. I imagine that, that, is a big challenge for league leaders as serving their their wide ranging membership. Any other challenges that you see as 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 facing league leaders today, and how that might evolve in the future? I don't know that it's related just to league leaders. I, I think this is this is industry wide, if, if not country wide. But but I think you know staff retention, staff acquisition and retention. I, I think is is something that. Well, I know a lot of leagues are focused on, but again, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's just a league specific issue. I think there's, there's lots of change. The, the pandemic created a, a new normal <laughs> for, for, for all of us. So I think, yeah, I mean, I hear a lot about staff acquisition, staff retention. Um, and of course, as we've already kind of touched on, just dealing with the myriad of, of advocacy issues that are, that are hitting the states. We were just seeing. A tremendous amount of of activity, state legislative activity going on in the states. Like I said before, both both good and bad. So I think, uh, and again, our new structure that we've talked about, I think, lends well to sharing that information and making sure that we, as as a system together, you know, 
stop as much bad legislation from from moving outside of state of a state boundary where it where it may have been you know may may have been implemented to 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 contain that and to replicate and advance and and magnify um, a lot of the good legislation that's coming out of the states too we see that in in examples like public deposits as as an example not every state has the ability to accept credit unions to have the ability to accept public deposits but we're seeing more and more states do that and it's it's a good you know it's a good part of that because of the information sharing that's gone between leagues those leagues that have the authority and then how they got that legislation passed in their states to help to help create new legislation in states where it's where it's not allowed so that's just one one example of of a, con- a continuing trend, I think, of of looking at, at the, the the issues that are impacting states and and that information sharing, that collaboration is is just remarkable in in terms of the effect it has. And it seems like when you look at bank attacks on the on the credit union tax exemption, they seems like they've been coming out of the states lately. What's what's the status of those attacks, and how how are those attacks evolving? Well, let me jump in, and Brad, feel free to add. I, I guess one one observation that I've seen personally in our states here, in the cross-state region, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, we've actually had more success in recent years working collaboratively with the banking trade associations. Our state banking associations, our community banker associations, you know, so we're certainly going to disagree on the tax exemption and on certain fundamental issues. And I know that we're seeing renewed attacks coming from the banking sector across the country in certain states. But I also think there is an opportunity to do more together when it makes sense for banks and credit unions, particularly community banks and credit unions, which have a lot of similarities, of course. So I think there certainly we need to defend our position when we are fighting on issues with the banking sector. But on the flip side, I think, too, there's also ways to foster positive working relationships that can be affected and to help credit unions across the country, too. So I think it's important to keep an open mind uh, that as well. Yeah, that's I mean, that's well said. Pat. I don't know that I, I have anything to add. I, I think you're spot on. I think we've, we've always got to have our our. <laughs> Our, our eyes and, and ears sharpened to, to any hint of, of credit union taxation. But I, to, to Pat's point, I see, you know, a, a, an example of that is on interchange. You know, we're seeing a lot of interchange bills being introduced in states to exempt sales tax and, and that, that impacts credit unions and banks. So, so we've seen, we've seen partnerships. We've, we've seen collaboration between the, the credit union industry and the banking industry to to work together on a, on a number of on a number of fronts, but the credit union tax issue will remain a perennial something that the banks are going to hit us on in in markets and states, and we've just got to be you know we've got to be ready and 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 sharp to have our which which we are I mean we stand ready we've got we've got good we've got good data we've got good stories we've got we've got all that we need to. In my opinion, successfully defending any tax challenge that that might come our way. So GAC is coming up. What are you looking forward to most about the conference? From my again, from my seat, I'm I'm really excited to showcase the intentional collaboration between the league system and now America's credit unions, and really really build on and promote the power and the success of our of our advocacy efforts of of leagues and America's credit unions working together. So I think. As always, it gives us just a, a, a great platform 
to, to show the, the power of, of credit unions and leagues and the National Association working together to advance credit unions. I mean, there's, there's nothing, nothing else like it in our industry to, to generate the excitement. And, you know, I think there's some, some new and exciting things planned this year, which, which are going to be, ex- you know, let alone the new National Association, but I think just some of the, some of the elements around GAC and, and some of the visuals and stuff are going to be, are going to be different. And that's going to be exciting, exciting to see. How about you, Pat? Do you have uh, something that stands out to you typically from the GAC? I guess personally, I'm most excited about the the new changes that Brad mentioned. And I know Brad, as Iraqi president, has been involved in a lot of those conversations. How do we build upon the great success the GAC has had in the past and bring some new innovations to it to create some excitement, to make it even stronger and more effective? And I think we're expecting a huge turnout. I think it's going to be a great event. And so personally, I'm excited about the newness of something that's, I hate to call it old, that's been with us, GAC, for a long time. It's an incredibly effective legislative conference, and it really does provide great visibility to our industry in Washington. But I'm excited about some of the new twists that will be coming as we get closer to GAC next month. And on a personal level, what are you looking forward to in 2024? Well, personally, I'm looking forward to you know a great year for Accul. Again, having our new strategic plan, having sharpened our direction and having a clear pathway based on the three pillars of advocacy, professional development, and best practices, relationships, and and those kind of things, as well as connecting with, with America's credit unions, I think puts us on an exciting path. And Brad could probably attest to this too. We had our winter meeting in California not long ago, and I sensed a great deal of enthusiasm in the room. We had a record turnout at the conference. I think there is a sense of excitement among league leaders and league presidents about the path that Acul is on. And of course, it's an exciting time with things going forward with America's credit union. So I think 2024 is going to be a very exciting year. I agree. And I'd, I'd have to say, you know, it's it, it, it's exciting for me to bring on some new resources within Acul too. I, I, I think that's just going to, to elevate the, the work that we do. So I'm excited about that. that that's going to be new and, and different for me. And, and I think for, for our league members. So that's, so that's going to be fun. But, you know, we're, we're looking forward to kind of revamping some of our, some of our meetings even this year and, and just putting in this new structure. So as, as Pat said, I, I, I really feel and, and, and sense and, and have heard directly from, from leagues that, that they're excited about, they're energized about this new framework that we've put in place, this new, this new structure and, and, and that, that we're carrying forward. But now it's time to execute, right? So everybody's excited about the framework. I think what we've done makes a lot of sense, but but now it's time to execute. So I think leagues are going to be watching. I think America's credit unions is going to be watching. So we we you know my my emphasis is going to be ensuring that that we're 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 making our goals and we're we're hitting the plans that we've set out for this. But it's going to be an exciting it's going to be an exciting year, um, and. Lots of travel as, as there always is in the year. So that's always, that's actually a highlight for me. I know that's, that's still kind of work related, but I really do enjoy getting out and, and connecting with folks. So I'll, I'll be doing a, a, a fair amount of traveling as I always do. So I, I look forward to, I look forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be ramping up real soon, I think. So absolutely. And, and tomorrow, in fact, Pat and I are boarding a plane and going to the same place tomorrow. So we're, right. we're already, we're already starting. <laughs> Where are you going tomorrow? 
We're headed to Dallas. We've got credit union house planning session in, in Dallas tomorrow. So looking forward to that. That's another exciting evolution of our system. We're talking about some really cool things with credit union house and renovating credit union house. So more to come on that too. But yeah, lots of excitement, lots of things we can talk about and check back in at the end of the year and see how we did on all of them. <laughs>